Welcome to A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington. This program is a ministry of Calvary Chapel, Inglewood. Today on A Transforming Word... The only reason David is not going to fall victim to Saul is because God. Because God is with David. That's why I titled the message, If God Be For You. God is for David. It doesn't matter how much energy Saul puts. It doesn't matter how faithful Saul is to his attempt to destroy David. Every day, going to bed and getting up and committed to do it again with a bigger army and more resources and everybody behind him. And God's with David, so it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Unsuccessful. Waste of life. Waste of time. Waste of effort. Waste of energy. That is Saul. That is what we don't want to be. Imagine playing basketball with your friends. And LeBron James shows up and joins your team. How much confidence would you have? I mean, there's no way you could lose. You would just need to pass him the ball and let him score. In today's message, Pastor Bill teaches you that you can have the utmost confidence in God. Because if God is for you, then no one can be against you. You have an all-knowing, all-powerful, and all-loving God who is working for you. Let that confidence drive your life. Now, here's Pastor Bill in the book of 1 Samuel chapter 23, as he continues his message, If God Be For Us. Don't spend any energy getting people back. You know why? Because God didn't spend energy getting you back. He spent all his energy getting you off, getting you off the hook, right? All the energy God could have spent getting me back, he said, I'm going to put all that effort into getting you off. I'm off the hook, y'all. Sins are forgiven, washed in the blood. Don't deserve heaven, but I'm going. Don't deserve to have the relationship with the Lord that I have, but I have it because of grace. And so God says, now when someone does you wrong, Bill, ah, don't do it. Don't do it. That's not, I'm not in that. I won't bless it. I'm not a part of it. You're not, you're not operating in my nature. Let it go. And sometimes the most freeing thing you can do is, is really let things go. Just leave it with the Lord. Um, you, you, if, if, if you desire the spirit to flow in your life, you got to walk like that. There are going to be times you, I, I, I got to just take that L. I got to let it go. Uh, I used to be convinced earlier on. I'm like, no, you can't. I, I want to be Christian, but I'm like, you can't let, you know, you can't let everything. Some things, man, people walk all over you. There's times where you got to just violate that. And I've done that. I've done my thing at times and God was never in it. I never, I never afterward was affirmed that the Lord is blessing. It was always, I was convicted. I have taken some L's and just seen grace, seen God bless me in other ways, take care of me somewhere else. Um, I know that's what God would have us to do. And I've seen people, bitter people, and I see what it does to them. When someone's bitter and hateful and vengeful, it just kills and destroys them. They don't even resemble the Lord. They can't even speak without it coming out. Anybody here, that's a word for you. Let it go. Let them off the hook. Forgive them. Free them. Do it because Christ did it for you. And um, if, if God was to tally up all your list of sins from birth to present, I don't care what they've done. Ain't nobody done that much. Yeah, you, you, your list is longer. And since your, your list has been washed out, uh, God says it's not an option. You got to let people off the hook. Like I let you off the hook. We're going to let him off the hook, y'all? Yeah. All right. Moving on, moving on. Uh, it says now, verse 14. So we move into the, 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 the final section here. It says, and David stayed in strongholds in the wilderness and remained in the mountains in the wilderness of Ziph. Saul sought him. How often, y'all? Every day. 
every day. I just want you to, I want, I just want to, I want that to sink in. Every, I mean, imagine going to bed, getting up every day, and what you got on your mind is something that God's not going to bless. And you go to bed the next day and you wake up and what you got on your mind is something God's not going to bless. And you go to bed and wake up the next day and you're putting your energy and effort towards something that God is not going to bless. Please don't live like that. Please don't live. What a, what a, what a, what a failed life this is. Um, every day going to bed, getting up to do something that God says, I don't want that done. I'm not going to let that happen. Every day it says Saul sought him every single day. What are the next two words? Circle that in your Bible. But God, but God. Right. The only reason David is not going to fall victim to Saul is because God, because God is with David. That's why I titled the message of God before you. God is for David. It doesn't matter how much energy Saul puts. It doesn't matter how faithful Saul is to his attempt to destroy David every day, going to bed and getting up and committed to do it again with a bigger army and more resources and everybody behind him. And God's with David. So it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Unsuccessful. Waste of life. Waste of time. Waste of effort. Waste of energy. That is Saul. That is what we don't want to be. On the flip side, um, as I watch David, I'm learning about David. I'm learning about God. I'm learning that as long as God is with me, it doesn't matter how faithful my enemy is. It doesn't matter how committed my enemy is. It doesn't matter how persistent my enemy is. As long as God is for me, I'm good. I can rest in that reality that God is for me. And so, but God, it says, did not deliver him into his hand. Verse 15. So David saw, saw, saw that Saul had come out to seek his life. And David was in the wilderness of Ziph in a forest. Now, verse uh, 16. Then Jonathan, Saul's son, arose and went to David in the woods and strengthened his hand in God. Uh, just a moment on on real good friendships. Right. Saul is Saul's son. Jonathan was not like his dad whatsoever. Jonathan was a man of faith. He was a man of action. He also had that 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 spirit of of just let's see what God would do. You know, we've seen it from him earlier. And when Jonathan met David, he was not threatened by the fact that David was anointed and David was liked by the people. Jonathan said, look, bro, I don't care if you be the king instead of me. I, here's my stuff. I salute you. I, I, I want to be. The, I want to. When you're the king, I want to ride with you. I want to just be. I'm just going to be your friend. That was Jonathan. Not threatened. He wasn't jealous. He didn't care. He saw God's hand on David and he said, man, I'm 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 my heart's drawn to you. We, we got they had they had the same heart, the same spirit. And so they made a covenant together. that These guys are going to be friends, even though his dad was trying to kill him. Jonathan was faithful to David. I asked earlier, I said, note people that are able to get through to David, those that can't. So I can't get through. We got but God. Right. But guess who gets through now? Jonathan and his good buddy, his good friend. He gets through. He went to David in the woods. And I want you to know what he did. It says he strengthened his hand. In God. And um, I, I hope that you guys will look at this and just consider who does that for you. Do you have friends? Do you have people in your life that will strengthen your hand in God? Not not just not, not no blanket encouragement, strengthen you. There are times where the battle is spiritual. And I need spiritual friendship, spiritual encouragement, spiritual help. Do you have friends that in moments of need, you got friends that can hit you with a verse? They can call you with spiritual encouragement. They can tell you the things that you need to hear in that moment. Um, we all need. Here's two things. You need those kind of friends. You also need to be that to somebody. 
Sometimes as you listen to people and what they're going through, just slow down and pray. God, what can, is there something I should say to her? Is there something I should speak to him? Is there something I should text him? Is there something more I should do other than feel bad for him at this moment? Is there something more? Um, because sometimes people are going through it and, and you, you, you never know how encouraging just somebody in the Lord, just coming with it, just uplifting you in the Lord, how it just, it can break you out of something. It can change things. I've had it many times in my life where I was at a low or just battling through something and just, just, you know, it seemed like the Lord had put me on someone's heart or somebody that knows me well would, you know, reach out and, and I would, I would just be encouraged by one of my bros, somebody in the Lord. Um, I've had that happen many times in my life. Uh, I've shared with you guys before I did a mission trip when I was doing youth ministry, went to Russia and I didn't know before we went to Russia that there no, you know, I knew Russia would, you know, people in Russia be Russian. I didn't know they had I didn't know that there were skinheads and they had they had they had racism in Russia. I didn't know that. And so we got there and, you know, the first two days we were with the church. It was all good. And then we're on the streets. We're doing you know, we have five cities that we're going to hit. We have one day in the city of passing out flyers and outreach. The next day we do a uh, we, we have concert halls rented out. We have music preaching with a translator and then we would connect the people that get saved to the local pastor. And we have five cities scheduled to go to. We're in the first city. It was called Crystal Goose. And we're on the street. And I, re- I learned that day that there were skinheads in Russia, that they didn't like black folk. Uh, I'm out there with 18 people and their police. They're called the militia. They roll up. And out of all 18 of us, they're like, you come with me. I'm like, golly, man, I'm not even in L.A., you know what I'm saying? Like, and I go and this little girl comes to translate for me. And I'm, I'm hoping that maybe this is a regular thing. You know, it happens all the time. I'm asking her, hey, does this happen a lot with teens? And she's like, never before. First time. And, uh, and it did. It spooked me. It, uh, it, it shook me. Then we did the outreach at the first city. And we're coming out. And I kid you not, we're coming out at night. We got to break down all the stage stuff and all the sound and stuff like that. And there was lines of guys as you walk out, all white men with bald heads. And I'm telling myself, no, don't let that get in your head, bro. You just, it's, you're in your head. So I thought the way I'm going to fix it is I'm going to go, you know, shake it. Do, I'm, hey, how y'all doing, man? You know, and I went to do that. And the guy just looked at me and I was like, oh, dang, it is that. Now we got a two mile walk back to our little hotel. And, um, and I'm like, this is, this is day three of an 18 day trip. And I'm like, I was, I was like, man, I was, I was not in a good place. Now I lead the trip. I'm doing devotions every morning. I got to encourage everybody else. So we're walking uh, to the, the next day. We're walking, and one of the brothers on the, the team with me, he could see I wasn't myself because I play a lot. I pray usually, usually I'm up. That's my normal disposition. And I didn't know it was wearing me, but he was like, he just saw it, and he came and he said, "Hey, bro, he said, let me pray for you, man." Kid you not, he prayed for me and it just, it, it all, in that moment, it just broke. The spirit came over me in that moment. And one, I mean, he didn't even know all of what was in my head. He just thought maybe I was having a, a rough day. I hadn't, I hadn't, I hadn't vocalized any of this to the team, but just him coming and saying this prayer, something in that moment as he prayed, the Lord just came over me. And the Lord was like, man, just, you know, I didn't bring you out here I didn't bring you way out here to, do that. God put a verse in my mind that was a memory verse all week, Isaiah 26, 3. Um, it ended up being this moment with the Lord and it carried me all that. That one moment carried me the rest of the week. And we had several other encounters. I had twice where I was supposed to preach and I didn't get to preach because they threatened that they was going to, you know, 
tear up stuff if, 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 I, if a black person preached. And so I had to have somebody else preach in my place. It was crazy. But the the what I felt initially, like my joy was being snuffed out that the Lord gave it right back. And I look back and I, I'll, I'll never forget that. Just somebody noticing, saying, let me pray for you. I needed prayer in that moment. And, it, and that was what I needed. The Lord touched me. And so I just want to encourage you guys as we're, as we're a body of believers, we need each other and we need to have, you need to make sure you pick you some solid friends, right? Pick you some friends that you know, read and pray and, and have a sensitivity to the Lord, but also be a friend that will read and pray and have a sensitivity to the Lord and be a friend that'll take a moment and look up some verses and send a friend, be that to somebody. Jonathan made his way in disobedience to his dad all the way through. He had to run through the wilderness and find David in the cave. He had to hunt him down, but he got to where he, this, he exerted energy to get here. Amen. He got to where his friend was with one. He had an agenda to strengthen his hand in God. Uh, just that's a great friend. And so verse uh, 17 says, and he said to him, do not fear for the hand of Saul. My father shall not find you. You shall be king over Israel and I shall be next to you. Even my father Saul knows that. So the two of them made a covenant before the Lord and David stayed in the woods and Jonathan went to his own house. And so he just came down. He brought some encouragement. He, he shared some things with David, but he left him with that encouragement. He said, Nothing my dad's going to do is going to be able to stop the fact that you're going to be king and I'm your homie. I'm going to be right there with you. We're going to be doing this thing. Just encouraged him, built him up and then left him, went on back to where he needed to be. Again, I, I think that, that we need to be that, but we need to have that as well in our friendships. Uh, look now at verse 19. It says, then the Ziphites. So this is another group of enemies, adversaries. The Ziphites came up to Saul at Gibeah saying, is David not hiding with us in the strongholds in the woods, in the hills of Hakila, which is on the south of Jeshmon? So they come to snitch. The, all the ites in the Bible is messed up. You know, always the Girgashites, Jigamites, Ziphites, all the ites, not our friends. And so they, they go snitch him out to Saul is he not hiding with us? Come, come, get him. Um, just, just some busters, man. I don't like that. Verse 20. Now, therefore, O king, come down according to the desire of your soul to come down. And our part shall be to deliver him into the king's hand. And Saul said, blessed are you of the Lord. You have had compassion on me. Please go find out for sure. I want y'all to see how Saul getting tired. So I'll say, would y'all go make sure? I want you to make show show that he's there. Would you go find out for sure and see if the place where his where see the place where his hideout is and who has seen him there? For I am told he is very crafty. You done found out for yourself that he that you keep missing him, right? See therefore and take knowledge of all the lurking places where he hides and come back to me with certainty. And then I will go with you and it shall be if he is in the land and I will search for him throughout all the clans of Judah. I just want you to know that Saul is he wants some, you know, please go make sure, find out where his whereabouts, where he is. Then we're going to come down and catch him. We'll, 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 we'll sift through all the clans till we get him. So he's I want you to see he's going through some extra steps. He's going to make sure that we got him this time. Verse 24. So they arose and went to Ziph before Saul. But David and his men were in the wilderness of Moan, in the plain of the south of Jeshimon. And when Saul and his men went to seek him, they told David. 
Therefore, he went down to the rock and stayed in the wilderness of Moan. And when Saul heard that, he pursued David in the wilderness of Moan. Then Saul went on one side of the mountain and David and his men to the other side of the mountain. So David made haste to get away from Saul for Saul and his men were encircling David, were encircling David and his men to take them. So right now it looks like it's all gone bad. Saul got David, Saul's men are encircling David where his men are. And you, you stop here and think, how does David get out of this? But who's with David? Who's with David? All right. So, so under normal circumstances, you lose right now. You didn't encircle, you caught it. Yeah, bro, it's, it's all bad. You lost. But verse 27, but a messenger came to Saul saying, hurry and come for the Philistines have invaded the land. Now, Saul, remember, Saul is a king somewhere else, right? He ran down here chasing David, but now you don't left home open. And I think God, God, God said, I'm going to send the Philistines to attack y'all. I'm going to make sure a messenger gets over to you. And right when you got David, you got him. You right. You, you're there. The message came to Saul that the Philistines have invaded the land. Therefore, Saul returned from pursuing David and went against the Philistines. So they called that place the rock of escape. And David went up from there and dwelt in the strongholds of Engedi. And so Again, uh, this attempt fall. I was, I read this early and I was thinking of this. When I was in high school, uh, I was in a little, uh, I had a bug, right? And I was in a little bug club and, um, we're a bunch of little friends and I, yeah, we, we were, we were, we were out there acting up. And so I was coming down, one of me and my friend was coming from a football game. So we're racing down Crenshaw. So we start at Manchester, we race to Imperial. And right as we're approaching the light at Imperial, police hits us. Woo! And I'm like, oh, man, we know what we were doing. We know we were racing. We also got alcohol on our system. So I'm like, man, this is bad. And the cop is mad. They pull up and they're blame the lights and, and you know, we're racing. So they, they, they're, they're upset. And I kid you not, as I'm sitting there trying to figure out, because I'm thinking if he runs, you know, you know, if you got two cars and one runs, they usually chase the one that runs. I didn't know what my friend was going to do. Nobody was running. We both sat there paralyzed. <laughs> And uh, the cop got out and then they got a they got a call on the walkie talkie and um, and he had it was, whatever it was, it was important. He turned around. And he says, slow down. And I was like, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes. In my meekest voice. Yes, sir. Who we'll slow down. But uh, I remember feeling like, man, I just oh, I got off the hook so good. You know, I, I knew what I had to done, what I deserved, And boom, we got off the hook. We got to go on home and. Whew, you know, got away with it. So when I look at this here, I mean, Saul was, I mean, he had him. And then the Lord said, let me, let me send, I'm going to send a distraction. And you're going to carry your little self back down where you belong and get the Philistines out of your land and uh, give David a chance to escape. So David named, it says he called that place the rock of escape. And it says again, then David went up from there and he dwelt in the strongholds of Engedi. So lessons from tonight, you guys. Uh, again, the, 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 the message titled, uh, if God be for us. Uh, and again, the following of that is that who can be against us? Who can, who can successfully be against you if God is for you? No one. The things we learn here is David had a habit of inquiring of the Lord, of seeking God. And I would just encourage you and myself that that would be our habit, that we would be a people that our knee jerk response would be to seek the Lord. If you find that your knee jerk, some people's knee jerk response is Google. Let me, let me see what Google says. Or, or you got people in your dial that you call a friend. You want your knee jerk response to be, 
Let me, let me pray first. Let me ask God. Before I ask anybody else, let me ask the one who knows everything, can do anything, and he loves me. Um, I want to encourage you guys, as I'm encouraged, that that would be our default setting. First thing we would do is to seek the Lord. Number two, as David would inquire of the Lord using the Urim and the Thummim, and we don't have that today, but we do have the Holy Spirit. And so I want everybody here to consider your relationship with the Holy Spirit. Do you yield to the spirit, resist the spirit, quench the spirit? Um, what's your relationship with the spirit of God who lives inside you? What's that like? And if you realize that, you know what, I'm, I, I don't yield all the time, then start yielding. Right. Make that adjustment in your life. Um, if, if, if I look at it like this, the, the one who has my best interest in mind is trying to guide me if I let him. He wants to give me direction. God only wants the best. For you and me. He only wants our, our good. And so doesn't mean that life won't be challenging. The difficult things won't happen. But God knows what's best for us and our relationship with him. And so we want to be people that are spirit led, that we're not resisting, quenching or resist, you know, whether we're yielding to the spirit of God that lives inside of us. Um, also, you want to challenge you guys to consider your friendships and what kind of friend are you? Who are your friends and who are you a friend to? Because uh, as much as we all need a friend at times, somebody needs you to be a friend to them at times. And, and maybe there's something you got to be more intentional about. Sometimes believers, their life can become all about themselves. And we're not to ourselves. We're part of a body of believers. Amen. And so we'll have friends that are from our church. I got friends from other churches. I got friends in other parts of the world. But you know what I find out? Sometimes you get on the phone and you realize, wow, they need a friend. It doesn't matter if the friend is, 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 is in touch range or phone range. There are some times where I got friends that I need a friend and they need a friend and we need to be able to reach out. So I want to encourage you to seek out solid friendships, but also be a solid friend. Be a be a spiritual friend to someone. And uh, lastly, um, as we looked at the, the battles, the consistency of the enemy's attack on David's life, um, I, I never get the sense here that David was disheartened or discouraged, though sometimes he will be right. Sometimes you read the Psalms and David is beat down. But it's, it's interesting that when you see some of the Psalms, as he's beat down, he starts talking to the Lord before long. As he's talking to the Lord, he's, he's, he's back. He's back built up. If you're one that, you know, when the attack gets heavy, some, some people go through warfare and it becomes their it becomes their whole song. That's all they talk about. Man, this this happened, and then that happens. You talk to them, everything. It's like it's almost like they talk about the enemy more than anything else. And it's like, careful with that, right? Make sure you give me the flip side. Ah, the enemy did that. What did God do? What did He do last time? Then you know how did He finish it last time? Be careful that we don't give too much juice to the enemy. He's there. He's real. There's a real foe, but our God is bigger. Amen. And while I acknowledge that the, the warfare comes, I want to always tell the, the second half of that story. But God, right? God intervened. God showed up. God did this. Um, make sure you get that part of the story. You share that more passionately than you share the other part. Don't give the enemy no shine in your life. Amen. Father, we thank you for your word tonight. We thank you for the great lessons that you've given us as we make our way through First Samuel. God, I pray you help us to take what we're learning and take it to heart that we would hear these things, but that they would also work transformation in us, that we would yield to you and be more sensitive to your voice, that we'd be led and guided by you, Lord. So thank you for this time and your word and your presence and with your people. 
be glorified in our worship to you now, Father. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. We know there are many ways that you can spend your day, but we're delighted that you chose to spend time with us today in the book of 1 Samuel. Pastor Bill is the voice behind these teachings here on A Transforming Word. We genuinely trust that what you're hearing is truly having a transforming effect on your life through listening to God's Word. What is standing out to you about the book of 1 Samuel? Is it the character of Samuel and how he came to the position he did in Israel? Perhaps your curiosity is piqued by the accounts of young David fighting off wild animals and even fighting against a giant enemy. There are all kinds of accounts of fights, chases, and running away from someone who was once trusted. There are also great moments of David and Jonathan and their friendship. This Old Testament book can be such a treasure of information, history, and life lessons. We hope that you're connecting with it in multiple ways today. A Transforming Word is a radio ministry based out of Calvary Chapel, Inglewood, in Inglewood, California. Would you come visit us? Sunday morning services are at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. For those not in the area, you can live stream our service on YouTube, Facebook, or Instagram. Look for links on our website, calvaryinglewood.org. Our time with you today is about up, but please join us again for the next edition as Pastor Bill continues to teach through the book of 1 Samuel. Until then, keep learning and growing in the Word, and be expected for another great message here on A Transforming Word.